everybody. Welcome to Open Lines with Holly and Mark. It's been a little while since we've uh, got. Well, it hasn't been a while since we've gotten together, but it's been a while since we've gotten together for an Open Lines. Yeah, it's it's been tricky scheduling um, with the flower season to get three or more, you know, people on the line at one time. But it's going to change right now. We're about to. Only because it is about 3 p.m. in California, and we're going to talk to somebody where it's about midnight where he's at. We are going to talk to one of my favorite Instagram accounts. Well, I mean, he's not his account. He's a person. But he's one of my favorite Instagram artists. Um, I love living vicariously through his story and seeing little intimate parts of his Parisian lifestyle. He's an, he's an Irishman living in France. Right. And he does these fox drawings that well, he posts. Well, he's, okay, he's a super talented guy. First of all, he plays trumpet, just on his own, often. He also plays in a pretty punky underground band where he does, like, improvisational raps. He improvises as a theater performer in several different groups. He's a father. And on top of that, he travels to um, to Brest in France to teach English for art students. And also in Brest, France, he's been commissioned to. Uh, or he, it's a huge, yeah. I mean, what a what an honor. He's gonna do some. He's gonna talk to us about it. It's gonna it, be I'm fantastic. Sure. Yes, yes. Anyway, with no, without further ado. Well, before we get to him, real quick. <sighs> I know. You can follow him on Instagram. Oh, yeah. I don't know if we'll get a chance to do this later. Okay. You can follow him on Instagram. He is at Macdera Smith. That's M-A-C-D-A-R-A-S-M-I-T-H. Macdera Smith. And you can follow Holly on Instagram. She is Hothouse Epiphany. Or don't. You can follow me on Instagram. I am at tincan.telephone. Please do whatever you do, though. Follow Open Lines yeah, Radio on yeah. Instagram, at Open Lines Radio. And check least. us out online, www.openlinesradio.com, um, for all your entertainment and educational and spiritually touching okay, needs. Okay, okay. Okay, I'm all right, excited. All right, can all right, we right get let's to see. Him, let's please? do it. Let's Thank do you. it. Let's uh, see if we can get him on the line. Hello. Hi. 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 You can hear us all right? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. sound good. Do you, do you want to do visual or um, just no. sound? Just sound. Just, just sound. sound. Yeah, okay. we'll keep it simple. Cool. Thanks for okay. waiting up. I know it's uh, super late. Well, it's not that late. It's just I'm, I'm tired. <laughs> so this is going to be like a um, uh, dream state kind of thing. Perfect. Alpha, what is it called when you're in your dream state? Lucid. The alpha. No, yeah. not lucid, no. Alpha, theta, something, I don't know. You know, that period before you go to sleep. Oh, yeah. You know, and you're awake, you know. That moment like right when you're dreaming. you slip under. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. When you're dreaming, you're not asleep. And when you're awake, you can't dream, you know what I mean? It's the paradox of dreams. Dreams never happen when you're awake. They can only happen when you're asleep. But you're yet you're not asleep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you put me in a trance. I Okay. All right. I, I started I spacing out myself. Um, okay. 
What time is it there for you guys? It's 3.21 in the afternoon. Okay. Right. Okay, so here it's just midnight. It's just it's, it's after midnight. But I got up early and went to bed late last night, so... Yeah. And I ate, like, about two kilos of pasta. Because <laughs> I hadn't eaten during the day, so... Mm. Well, stay with us. Stay with us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if I just trail off at the end of a sentence. If the pasta got me. Okay. I'm on my own in a, in a flat here in Brest, this city called Brest, which is basically a military port. It's been a military port since 1600 in France. Um, now the military have moved their nuclear uh, submarines out across the bay to an island and it's all like top secret, no one really sees them, but they've, they, you know, a lot of the military activities, it's, there's less and less military activity here, but Brest basically is this very old military port that France has had since the 1600s, and itself has been a city for a long time. I'm out in the suburbs in this place called Europe, that's the, like, tram stop, but in the Second World War, Brest was um, totally destroyed, uh, by the Allies, actually, not by the Germans, because the Allies were bombing uh, the German base. Is it bad, the music in the background, or you no, don't hear great. it? Can you hear it? No, Is it's, it okay? it's, it's very John, it's, ethereal. It's John Hassel. Yeah, it's John Hassel. Um, it's called, uh, the album's called Listening to Patients. Um, no, it's nearly over now. But anyway, so in the Second World War, the Allies were attacking the uh, German submarine bases and they basically annihilated the, the city of Brest. They destroyed it, like there's nothing, very little left of it. Um, the German bases survived, of course, you know, because the Germans knew how to build their bases to resist that kind of attack. And most of what the city of Brest was, you know, was destroyed in, in the space of a couple of hours, I think, you know. Um, there's a museum in Brest called the Marine Museum, and it's kind of like part of the history of the port of Brest. And in this little room, you go into this room, and there's a black and white film where it just shows, um, it's just documentary footage, like we've all seen millions of times, of the city, you know, of bombers coming in and dropping bombs and stuff. But when I was there, um, I don't know, it was the day that I was there or whatever, I just felt really bad looking at the film because it felt like so, it was a film and yet it wasn't, you know what I mean? You could see that there were houses being destroyed and things like that. So so Brest is basically a city that's very marked by the war and yet at the same time is um, somehow resilient. There's a really nice atmosphere in the city. You know, it's kind of weird, you know. It's open, I don't know, or, I don't know, it's hard to explain. Well, I watch your story all the time, and mm. it looks completely beautiful there. Uh, I can't believe that that was destroyed and has come back. I mean, oh, it's, it's yeah. absolutely gorgeous in, yeah, your, it's, in your pictures. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's nice. I mean, like that, that place, I'm doing, so I'm here doing a residency in a house called the House of the Fountain. Um, which is one of the oldest houses in Brest and it survived the bombing. Like there's a couple of places like that that survived the bombs. And um it's just it's just curious that house I think was built on a fountain and the fountain's very old as well. 
So all all of this is interesting as well. I think you know, in the notion of um, you know. Uh, wishing wells. I don't know if you have those in holy fountains. I don't know if you know about those, but in Ireland they they went around when they converted Ireland to you know Christianity. They went around to all these places that were called the holy wells, and they blessed them. But they were basically places where before the Druids and all those other pla- people, you know, pagans, I suppose you call them, but you know, not pagans, but other other beliefs. The Druidic system. They had all these wells in Ireland. So I like to think that this fountain house is also, you know, linked to that kind of, this, you know, fountains don't just happen in places, you know, they happen by accident, but then we build around them. Okay, guys, you better start asking me questions. Do you often? No, you sound great. No, 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 it's great. It's great. <laughs> okay. Don't even think that, but I do have questions. Okay, um, sure. So do you kind of pick up on the energies of things and places like that uh, everywhere you go, or is there something specific about what you're picking up in breast that, uh, or is this something that happens to you all the time? Do you often kind of feel spiritual energies no. and? Uh, no, it's new. It's new. I didn't really realize it before, but now, yeah, I I read something there the other day, which is about the wisdom of you know we often to speak about the wisdom of people or you know animals or now uh, I'm thinking of the wisdom of things you know that you know there is a history to places and that they're charged you know and that things have happened and and there are things to be learned but it's not something I really am consciously work on or think about and 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 it's only something that I'm beginning to pick up on now, you know. Um, it's just kind of something, I don't know, like a little edge or something to things. It's kind of strange, you know, that, that yeah. I didn't really pick up on before. So, for example, here where I am, I'm in this big, empty flat in the suburbs, in this kind of modern building, which is really no charm whatsoever. Um, you know, and yet there's an energy as well. So I was speaking with a friend earlier on, and we were chatting, and uh, she was saying, <laughs> she started saying, like, "Oh, can you hear noises and stuff? The music is just cut off, man. The internet's gone down. I don't know if you can hear me, but uh, yeah, I still have you." Okay, so well, just you might hear it live and direct. I said, "Oh, I could just hear a noise like in the flat and stuff like that." You know what I mean? And there's a key to on my bedroom door. So I lock myself into the bedroom as well at night. I don't know, something strange about this place, I don't know, something... But it's not, it's not, there's different, different energies in breast anyway. Like I've been in some places that there's really strange energy. But, you know, how much of that is, you know, maybe you're just having a bad day or something, and how much of that is, you know, real, I don't know. Sometimes you have to ask questions. Yeah. Yeah. What people, what, kind of what kind of art? Discover histories. What kind of art are you working art? on? Yeah. So um, what I'm doing here is I'm doing a residency, and it's about this boat uh, that is linked to the history of Brest, which is called Le Cano de l'Empereur, which I think in English is translated as an annex. I'm not sure if it's an annex. Basically, the boat that was used by the French uh, emperor to visit the French fleet. 
Mm. It was built in. Uh, let me get my little fact sheet here so I don't say the wrong things. It's it basically it's a boat that was built for Napoleon the uh, first. The boat was built in 21 days, which is like record time. Um, because uh, they they you know they had to keep it very secret where Napoleon was at the time because he was like you know you know one of the most powerful men in the world. Napoleon gets a lot of bad press you know because he was like a dictator and a conqueror and a man of war, but at the same time you know um, it's he, I, I I find Napoleon actually kind of fascinating like uh, someone who marked Europe and the world so much. You know, the Napoleonic Code, which is used for, you know, pretty much most modern dem democracies like Italy, France. A lot of their laws are still based on Napoleonic stuff that he brought in. Uh, he was crushed, of course, you know, by the other empires because he posed a threat to them, you know. Uh, so they joined together to get rid of him because he was, he was talking about giving, you know... Uh, it, was it politics or was it what he really wanted to do because he's a child of the revolution he's talking about giving for example um, universal suffrage you know in other words that men and women could vote um, he was talking about abolishing slavery which obviously was not going to please um, a lot of the uh, empires at the time who you know even though France also had a lot of slaves you know made a lot of money out of slaves so that's one of the reasons why Napoleon was crushed by the other empires, if you think about it. Mm. So he posed a real threat to the other empires. Anyway, they built this boat for him um, in 21 days, you know, this beautiful object um, called Le Canon de l'Empereur, um, which was built in Angers, which is in Belgium, but at that time it was part of the French Empire. And it was, you know, basically opposite um, uh, the British Empire so it was like a dagger they, they spoke about it at the time and said it was like a dagger poised you know above the heart of Britain you know because they <laughs> they were trying to you know the, basically the British were their main enemies you know what I mean so and the British of course were way better their, their fleet was way better generally like that. that's why you know Britain beat France uh partly in, in the States and stuff like that, you know, I mean, their, their fleets were better, they were better sailors. It's also why we're speaking in English now, not in French, you know, because I teach English here, you know. If Napoleon had won, we, we might all be speaking French, you know. <laughs> anyway, um, sorry, I'm getting kind of long-winded here. So it was built in Anvers, yeah, uh, in, in, uh, in Brussels, in Belgium, sorry, not in Brussels, but in Belgium. And it was built in 21 days, and it was built, I don't know the exact date here, but, uh, shit, I thought I had this uh, thing written. Okay, well, I don't know, I can't find it, but basically it was built for Napoleon I. I don't know what the exact date was, I think it was, um, I've written down some of my notes, but, uh, It's okay. We'll add it. We can add it okay. in the description. Yeah, I can. I can send you that by mail. I can find the actual thing. But basically, it's built, and what happened was it was used by Napoleon. They didn't have. It wasn't very fancy at the time. It was, you know, just quite a simple boat with with oars. You know, it has, it has 21 sailors in it, and um, 
it's then uh, it stays in Anvers and then Louis the 18th sends it to Brest in 1814 okay so Louis the 18th is after Napoleon and where they then they finish off the ornamentation like the decorations and it's second used a second time by Napoleon the third uh, so Napoleon the third is this period in French history uh, it was used in 1858 okay so uh, basically he's trying to build a connection back to Napoleon the first you get the idea right so and every time they use this boat you know um uh it was kind of like as a reminder of uh you know the the um uh the, the, um you know the empire you know what i mean so it's basically uh it's it, and then it was in Brest okay so what happens is they use it every time, you know, like some president or somebody important comes, they use this boat. Well, actually, they used another boat, but it's just going to be too complicated. But anyway, and they use this boat. And so the boat was then uh, in uh, Brest, in the city, and um, basically um, they put the last time it was in the water was for some kind of military maneuver like a show day do you know that way of uh, they just like put on a show for everyone like where people can watch like a fake naval battle and that was in 19 in the 1920s sometime oh wow and um then they put it onto the earth onto the ground sorry and they started looking at it. it was in the city and you know this before tourism existed and then people began to say oh this is beauty before like even people had like holidays or anything and then they began to imagine it as a historical object okay so um it was used basically in for every time like a noble person or somebody would come up to the 1920s okay right so that part of the story is not actually that exciting i suppose it's just really it is no because we need to know that um it's full of i mean it's clearly full of powerful energies uh, what oh, an yeah. interesting place yeah, for an that. art residency. Do you get to actually like I, no, but the, set on, up so in the, the boat? boat? So no, 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 no. The boat, like the boat, is in a box. Come on, hold on. So what happens is the boat's impressed. They people begin to realize like, oh, this is a thing of beauty. It's a thing of history. I reckon there's kind of a reactionary thing going on as well. You know, where they're you know nostalgia for the past, like you know, make France great again and this kind of crap. You know, where they're looking at this boat you know, <laughs> that the emperor sailed in, right? And and you know, he goes through First World War, and then and then what happens? The Second World War happens, and so now in the Second World War, warfare has changed. So it's no longer people off the front. It's you know, how much damage can you do to civilians? How much can you bomb them and stuff? So um, the Germans accept that the boat will be moved, okay? And this is like a major thing to move the boat. They decide to move the boat in 1943. And um, when they move it, uh, the, the boat was like outside on this, you know, it was in a place where you could see it. It wasn't outside, but it was, it was from 1930 until 1943. It was You could see it. And um, because the Germans know that the, the boat can be destroyed by the bombing, they um, decide 
to uh, send them to Paris in 1943. Okay, and it leaves Brest on the 9th of May 1943, and it goes down on uh, the train, you know, on a train. But the size of the boat means that they have to stop uh, all the trains between Brest and Paris for eight days. Okay, because it couldn't go, it couldn't oh. meet another train. Right. right, and then it gets into Paris, and it's you know this is all during the war. It's kind of crazy, you know, and everyone's like looking at this boat being brought across Paris, you know, and when the ca- when the canoe the boat gets to the museum, it can't go through the front door of the museum. There's a museum in Chaillot. I don't know if you know it's near the Eiffel Tower. It's, if you're over in the Modern Art Museum in in Paris, like it's that kind of weird esplanade, you know, very symmetrical. So one of those arms there is the museum, Marine Museum, okay? And so it then, you know, there's two years of backing and forth during the war. I mean, you know, people just obviously had nothing better to do, you know? Like, <laughs> um, and, they, and they eventually break a hole in the wall and bring the uh, boat through the wall in 1945, in the summer of 1945, okay? And so um, I can send you a link to the, I'll send you a link to like an email link. And um, and then basically the boat is, uh, the boat is, um, what's the word? Uh, I'm multitasking here, sorry. The boat is brought back to Brest. The boat was brought back to Brest like uh, the 17th of October, 2018. They so took it back, back out of the museum? And yeah, then... <laughs> they, they knocked another hole in the wall, they took it back out. This time they drove it up by a truck you know, on the, the motorway, and problems again when they got up, you know, but they managed it better this time. And so now it's in a box in... Sorry, in this kind of um, centre that they have in Brest, which is this huge... Um, it used to be... Uh, a place where they built boats and they've now changed it into kind of like an art, food store, kind of lifestyle thing you know, but it's, I mean, the thing is immense you know, people do skateboarding inside it. it's just like, you can walk around, it's one of the biggest buildings I've ever been in my life, it's like a cathedral of industry or something, and so you've got the boat in the corner of this building in, in a cardboard box because it has to acclimatise to the, they have to leave it in there until it gets, you know um, you know, used to the temperature, and it'll be unveiled, I think, briefly in October this year. So, I'm here because they have this little museum in Brest. They do like exhibitions, and they asked for an idea for, um, uh, you know, artists. To, what would they like to do to celebrate, um, you know, the, the return of this? this historic boat to Brest, okay? So, I mean, what, what the boat was basically used like many things. It's like the Pope Mobile, or it's like Trump's uh, car. You know, everyone knows about Trump's car. It's weird, isn't it? We all know that it's like, you know, because just stories about it, we all know that it's like a tank that is that it can resist. Uh, I don't know. I mean, we all know that it's really powerful. I can't remember. It's, it's really heavy and it's bulletproof. And, you know, because all of this is like the spectacle of earthly power, you know, and, and and before, like when a king or a queen or an emperor uh, would, would be moving around in public, 
it was a spectacle. You had to have show power. You know, you had to show how power was. It had to be shown how power and how important it was for people. And you know, so for me, it really has an, an aspect of you know the emperor. Is it the emperor's new clothes? Is that is that what it is? You yeah. Know? Where it's this it's this power, which is at the same time. You know, not power. You know, and also, of course, emperors and kings and queens have always tried to link their power to something that is beyond human power. You know, right? You know, as in that it's 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 power that is being given to them. You know, from from heaven, as it were. You know, so I, I don't know. I don't really know where I'm going with this. I mean, I, I mean that that's some of the things that I put together in the proposal. Bob was used as a stage. It's a stage. It's like, it's 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 like the background for the the show. Okay, so the spectacle of power. So, with that in mind, you know, and at the moment in France, I don't know if you guys know about the gilets jaunes. You know, the yellow jackets, not the not the fusion group from the eighties, but um, <laughs> the the political movement in France, which is basically. I mean, it's it's a lot of different things, but it's 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 basically just people are fed up with with the institutions that have been set up to 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 give them an easy life, you know. And I think this, you know, I just read this book, um, which I recommend to you, which is called uh, "Everything Is Fucked" by I can't remember his name. Uh, some the guy wrote, you know, the subtle art of not giving a fuck, and um, the New Yorker. But he, he mentions in this book that the more you give people, you know, uh, uh, the more people are protected, the more people, like we can see in the world now, you know, that in fact, contrary to everyone's belief, less violence, there's less, uh, you know, we've less health problems. Uh, it's probably one of the best times ever to live in the world right now. But that's not the way most people feel. Most people feel unhappy, dissatisfied. They feel like everything's fucked, you know. And so I was reading this as going, that's exactly like the yellow, the, the gilets jaunes in France, you know what I mean? It's just they're generally dissatisfied. They're dissatisfied with their spending power. Um, they're dissatisfied with the cost of living. It's this general kind of thing. So power at the moment in France is not, uh, how could I put it? It's not the, uh, what's the word? You know, power is not a good thing at the moment. It's not seen as a generally good thing. You know, right. uh, I don't know what it's. I presume. I mean, it's pretty much the same in the states. I presume as well. Like people are questioning power. People are questioning patriarchy. People are questioning, you know, capitalism as a model. So you know, there's no way that I was going to celebrate, or I don't think other people will celebrate the return of a boat that <laughs> you know held an emperor. You know. Uh, so I'm sorry, I'm being very long-winded here, but basically the idea was to try and ask people what, who or what rules in your heart now, you know, um, with the idea, because before people would do things, you know, for the emperor or for the, for the pope or for, for, for God or for things like that. And I think a lot of what we believed in was, was you know agreed upon outside of ourselves. Power structures were very clear. 
everyone knew their place, you know, and I suppose that gave some people great comfort. But now we know that that's not the way the world is, you know, it's, it wouldn't work for most people. So the idea is here to, to let people articulate or, or imagine what's most important for them. We won't actually uh, really get near the boat. What we'll do is, what I'm going to do is organize like a, a participative exhibition. Um, and we're going to uh, walk, uh, you know, do a parade from the actual place where the boat is and then walk through the breast with this idea of like a psychogeographical walk, a bit like, um, you know, uh, Bloom in Ulysses that we'd be able to walk through Brest and like look at certain key historical points on this walk or parade. And the idea would be that there'd be performances or scenes. Sometimes people know that they're performances because that's the way I'm going to do them so that I'm going to write them so that, or organize them so that people don't know when it's a performance, when when it's just speaking, when it's actors, etc. And, and, and these moments during the parade will will kind of question them on you know what does the boat represent for you you know and how can you celebrate that you know that's the idea anyway so I don't know if that answers your question that's really cool that's amazing that's such a deep layered concept I, I that's not what I was expecting you to say I thought you were going to be like yeah mm. I'm going to put some pictures on the wall in a boat that was way different yeah yeah We'll do that as well. I mean, that's that's the idea, and the idea will be to film, the to 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 videotape the people during the parade. Um, we'll probably start with like a fake press press conference. That would be the beginning of the thing. We'll do a fake press conference over the boat. When I say fake press conference, it'd be like it it'll look like a press conference. It'll have like all the stuff, but then things will begin to happen, and the whole thing will get kind of weird, you know. Uh, and then we begin the parade um, and like all of this will be filmed and then the idea is to I work with this kind of um, experimental theatre group in Paris called Cinemorph and hopefully they're going to join in I mean they're all very interested just the budget is not great so we'll see what happens but basically what they do is when we do we do immersive theatre stuff and when we do it it's filmed as we do it and then what really quickly we edit the stuff you know, there's an intermission, a break, and during the intermission, we edit the stuff, and then we project it again, and people love it, you know, because they see themselves. It's like the kind, the whole kind of selfie thing, wow. you know, where you, you... So the idea would be then, at the end of the parade, um, hopefully to do, like, I'll be doing a performance. Um, so... This is going to be a spoiler for anybody who, who, who comes because the idea is the surprise element will be gone. But anyway, since 2001, I've been doing um, performances where I kind of give like a conference. I, I talk and I explain, you know, what I'm doing, uh, you know, in the way I'm doing now and, you know, just talk with people. And, you know, I like meeting people. And I'm a teacher as well. And I like um, working with people and, and, and you know, uh, sharing things and I love transmission, and as I as I transmit these themes or ideas, you know, the first performance I did was um, in 2001. It was in the 18th arrondissement in Paris, 
which is kind of like a very mixed neighborhood. And it was in a North African bar. And so there was like a mixture of, lo- you know, uh, local people, a lot of, you know, uh, North African people. And then like kind of arty people because it was kind of a neighborhood where you can afford to. And so the performance I, I was given was how to live with uh, terrorists, you know, because it was it was just after... Um, it was before, you know, all the other attacks in Paris. So it was after the attacks in uh, the World Trade Center, you know. Mm-hmm. Not after, like a good bit after, but, you know, a couple of months after. But, you know, basically we were now in a new, a new period of history, as it seemed. And um, so as I spoke about, you know, how we can live with terrorists and, you know, what what were considered at the time, you know, now it seems kind of sadly naive, but... I was saying, you know, there are good, there are people who are dangerous to, to be with and there are people who are less dangerous to be with. Like, there's acceptable victims for terrorism and there's unacceptable victims for terrorism, which is not true anymore. You know, now I think anybody can be a victim of terrorism. Um, but, you know, I was saying, like, the acceptable victims of terrorism would be, like, soldiers, policemen, and stuff like that, you know. And the unacceptable victims of terrorism would be children, which is, you know, not true anymore, you know. Um so it was kind of like very dark satire and and you know the bar was full of people it was like an opening and there was like uh, um, uh, you know everyone was drinking and you know and 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 people got very uh, upset about this you know so there were some people who thought it was great and some people thought it was really bad like that you can't speak about things like that. The only they some people some people came up to me after this is before the internet, you know, so internet was at its beginning and said to me, you know, you can't just speak about things like that. You have to know what you're talking about, you know. Um as well as I spoke about it I, I was wearing a suit and a tie and as I spoke about it I took off my clothes until I was just in my underpants speaking about um terrorist attacks. <laughs> like so it's the idea of that, and that was the beginning of all these performances I do in my underpants. And the idea is that, you know, I'd never take off my underpants because the idea being that it's like, I suppose, from the idea of the body in in being, you know, the body being used in war, basically the body being used, as we saw with the advent of modern warfare, that we can attack civilians, that ultimately that the only thing that can be you know, that your body can resist and also be used as a form of warfare. Um, and also the fact that, you know, to be a white male in underpants, not very nice underpants, I think I left my socks on as well. So it's not very sexy, the whole thing. And it's just kind of this notion of pathetic, you know, um, and and to go from like the, the, the kind of white male business suit and tie to just this guy droning on in a bar about you know what's acceptable or not for terrorism, and then I played um, Le Vian Rose, you know, on my trumpet on the bar really badly because um, I'd been drinking too, um, and so then yeah the, they weren't really happy in the bar like half the bar thought it was great and the other half thought it was really bad so I thought okay I'm onto something here and so since then I've been doing a lot of performances in my underpants so. Like where I gradually get into my underpants, and what will happen here is um, um, when I do this thing in Maison de la Fontaine, it's the opening evening, 
you know, where it's going to be like the, the moment where you give a speech, the artist gives a speech. And so when I give a speech, there'll be like the mayor of Brest and, you know, all, you know, important people, I presume, you know, all that kind of stuff. And what I'll do is as I, as I give the speech, I will once again strip down to my underpants. But now I've added in new aspects, which is um, unction. I don't know if you know, for example, in I, I discovered this afterwards, like after I was doing it, but um, are you guys still there? Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah okay. All right. Okay, so does it, you know extreme unction, you know when you get the last rites, you get extreme unction. You get oil on your uh, body and you know uh, baptism, okay? So this is called unction. Um, baptism, you get water poured in you. So there's many... You know, I'm uh, because I was brought up a Catholic, so I kind of know all about all these things. But basically, in I suppose in a lot of religions, there are these moments, rites of passage, steps in life. So I was looking into unction because I started doing these performances in my underpants, and I'd get people to pour things onto me at a certain just before the end of the of the um, performance. Like, so I started with porridge. It was a couple of years ago, I got someone to pour, I don't know, like, it was a lot of porridge. Uh, they poured porridge over me. Uh, I got Nutella as well. <laughs> that was, uh, Nutella spread over me. Uh, I got uh, milk. Um, I did Halloween, and that was just before uh, 31st of October, and it was just before the Bataclan attacks, weirdly enough, before the 13th of November, yeah. Uh, so I got poured seven buckets of blood poured over me. And that no. was in a performance in Halloween. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can show you the photos. It wasn't real blood, I suppose. I have to spoil that. But oh, like, real thank blood you. Is actually thank you very, for actually spoiling uh, that. I... <laughs> yeah, it's it's very, very difficult to get real blood, you know. And um, But, you know, it was, it was, it was, you know, it was red. Uh, and and even if you want to use blood, that'd be for um, special effects. It's very expensive, you know. Yeah. Mm. Apparently, when there were the attacks in the Bataclan, um, there was a lot of blood, you know, because you know they killed so many people, and that uh, there was blood everywhere, you know. Yeah. Anyway, so I mean, you know, it's just weird when you look back at these things, you know. That was for Halloween, and then most recently I did uh, mayonnaise in the south of France. Um, I got covered in mayonnaise. Okay, so ointment, unction. Um, it's a verb in French called wandre, okay, which nobody ever uses. Okay, so I discovered anyway, and what I would do often I'd be covered in whatever. Uh, liquid or whatever and then I would sing or rap you know to a freestyle and I discovered that in a lot of traditions um, you know the, the the I don't know what the word is in English they'll cover you know they'll not embalm uh, but you know anointing anointing they anoint people exactly and then they're anointed and then they they speak you know mm-hmm. or they see or they you know so it, it's this is often a lot of things that happen in my practice where I do things I just experiment things 
performance is a chance really to perform a gesture in front of uh, people and a lot of my performances there's a there's a a large amount of improvisation but I kind of know what I'm going to do beforehand it's a bit like what we're doing here it's a conversation and and we kind of use what we have and we make what we can with it you know and so often with my practices things that I do and and afterwards I go oh you know I discover afterwards and there's a there's a there's a reason behind this you know and I think there was a student of mine speaking to me recently about um is it uh what's this new dance that he was talking about and it was a mixture of uh I don't think I have it here but I think it's on trap is it I've forgotten there's a film made about it uh Jesus you've shown it to me and and he was saying you know it's 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 a music in the states that people are playing. It's a dance that people do, and um, he was saying to me that it has elements of you know dance from Ghana and and dance from Africa. But the, but you know the guys have never studied it. who are doing the dance. It's just and we were speaking about it and we were saying it's like you know the bodies remember you know the bodies remember through generations a dance or a gesture you know. And and the more, the older I get, the more I believe in this. That it's kind of things like if you look, my mother always used to speak. Well, she still speaks about it, but she. I remember saying to me one time when she sit in church, she'd be looking at you know the backs of people's heads as you do when you're sitting in church, and she noticed that the families would have the same kind of hair, you know, the same kind of pattern, you know, that kind of thing. You know, the hair grows out on people's scalps, you know, mm-hmm. and you can see it. And, you know, I think it's exactly like that. It's that we have these kind of gestures that we repeat from generation to generation. And dance would be like that, you know. I don't know why I'm saying that. Too. Yeah, possibly because of the performance thing and where does it come from, you know. And so often I would just do things and without really, just because it feels right or it looks, it, yeah, it feels right. And then afterwards... I might find out that, oh, there is a kind of a precedent for it, you know. And I, I presume uh, you've seen, like, the drawings of the fox and stuff like that, so. Yeah, yeah, tell us a little bit about okay. your fox drawings and what <laughs> okay. what they represent. Okay, so I started drawing... Okay, I... Um, I started drawing, I don't know why, I can't remember why I started drawing, but I started drawing, uh, you know, I was using social media and I just got into this thing of um, of drawing every day, you know, of drawing daily and, you know, yeah, that's, that's how I started. I said, I'm going to put up drawings every day. And um, as, as I put up drawings every day, I did a couple of observational drawings. I started with the Tumblr which is called, I think, Voices from the Other Side, and which is still there, I think, but I don't really do anything on it. And um, I began drawing uh, skeletons. Now, I'd already drawn skeletons, you know, on and off, but but this, because I was drawing them every day, a story began to emerge kind of organically, and basically it was this other world, you know, do I get that? No. Yeah. No, we're not getting that. No. No, no, okay. no, no, no. Keep going. Okay. 
All right. So anyway, there was there was there was um, I started drawing these skeletons, and basically they're they're dead people, and it was a, a world where everyone was dead, everyone had a shit job, everyone you know they were in like lousy marriages, they didn't like each other, they had bad sex. <laughs> <laughs> They, uh, they, you know, they just nobody communicated. If they came, if they had a bad day, it was basically the opposite of our world. If they had a bad day, everything was good. You know, they were scared of life. They were scared of, uh, uh, you know, fun was like a bad thing. You know, basically, and there's just lots and lots of scenes like that, like where they go on holidays, they'd be sitting in the rain, and where they'd, uh, you know. Come home from work. Did you have a Did you have a bad day at the office? Yes, terrible. You know, great. And um, you know, just it was it was basically the opposite of everything that you know we we um we we are encouraged to to think in in our society. You know, and actually at the time of that, it was um it's funny because I realised like at the time on Facebook because that's what everyone's using at the time there was um. Israel were attacking Palestine, and in France, you know, it's it's um, you know, I have some friends who are uh, Jewish, or some friends who are Arabic. It's a big mixture in France, you know, and uh, uh, I have some friends who are you know Israeli who go to Israel for holidays with family in Israel. Some other friends with family in North Africa. I don't have any friends per se that are Palestinian that I know of, but but anyway, on Facebook it was I don't know if you've had this in the States, but basically people get into debates. Oh, you know. Yeah. And I suppose it was new at the time. I guess you could okay, call it debate. Now, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but, but but at the same time you you had like both sides of this question, you know, where people were were saying like they're killing people, we have to attack them and then other people saying, yeah, but there must be another way to find a peaceful solution. And then, you know, and then the, the other person say, okay, uh, you know, they just they just fired rockets into Israel. How do we find a peaceful solution? You know, it's easy to say sitting in Paris in your flat, you know, this is before the terrorist attacks in Paris, you know. But it's, you know, so people are talking a lot about death, you know, and, 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 and this is how I started drawing these um, skeletons because I was going, right, this is all this constant question about death and fear of death. And, you know, what if we embrace death? And, you know, what what do dead people say about alive people? You know, they, they probably are scared of, of people like us who are so alive, you know. So it was this kind of like black humor satire. And I was drawing it and drawing it, and you know, there was the president of of the dead of the dead people, and he was, you know, saying, you know, uh, I promise, you know, unemployment, massive unemployment. <laughs> I promise, you know, uh, n- never-ending war, uh, you know, and you know, and then this other character emerged as well. Like you had like the normal kind of people just, you know, going through their lives, you know, sitting in these little cubicles with these jobs that they hated, you know, pointless jobs where they're doing nothing and you know, bullshit jobs, and and anyway, there's this other character that emerged who was like the artist, so he's a dead artist, you know, he had a beret, and he had like a jumper with stripes in it, like, you know, uh, like Picasso, you know, and he would just do minimal, you know, pieces, like just black paintings, or, you know, just stripes, you know, 
and people go, oh my God, this is so boring, you know, and this is great, you know, it's exactly the same as the last exhibition, and you know, when they'd be at the openings or whatever, you know, so so people would love his stuff, it was so boring, you know, but he began to have these visions, you know, he began to see, uh, uh, you know, father playing with the son, he began to see a kitten, you know, in his in the vision, you know, he began to see people that were alive, you know, and this is all happening like organically. I'm just these ideas are coming to me, and then um, he was getting really scared, you know. He's going like, "What is wrong with me?" And he starts drinking, and you know, like, "Why am I getting these visions? Like, why do I see this all the time?" You know, life, you know, and um, he, uh, the president as well, you know, people started saying, is this true that that life exists? You know, and the president is trying to keep everyone calm, you know, and, and at the same time, everyone has a dream at the same time then. Life exists, and now everyone's getting in a panic, you know. And the artist around this time, he, he manages to lift the veil between uh, the world of the dead and the world of, of life. And he says, I can't help but I have to go and explore because even though he's a dead artist, he's an artist, so he crosses the veil between death and life. Oh, Jesus. I mean, it's funny, because I, mean, I, wasn't, I wasn't thinking of this, you know, when I'm doing it. I just, I just do these things, and it just happens out that way. And uh, he crosses into the world of the living, and the first creature he meets, and it's horrible for him, is a fox, of course. And it's a fox on all fours, you know. And the fox, he says, oh, my God, you're disgusting. What are you? And, and the fox says, I'm a fox. And, and he goes, well, what, what are you like? And, and the fox says, you know, we're very loyal, very, very nice animals, very trustworthy. I'll be your guide in this world if you like. You can trust me. The fox is obviously lying about what the fox is. He's a fox. <laughs> the, the dead artist doesn't know, you know, anything. So he and the fox and the and the dead artist go off in the world, and they begin. They have like a, a couple of ventures. I only did like seven or eight uh, pictures, but basically the fox um, gets him a mask. He says, you know, wear this mask. Because you know your, your your appearance is horrific for people here. So you put on a mask, you'll be able to speak with people. And um, because he's just a skeleton, so he kind of goes. You know, he takes the mask, and the fox is. You're supposed to say thanks, you know. And so the the, the dead horse kind of goes to thanks. You know, he doesn't know how to say thanks. He's never said thanks or been nice in his life or had everyone had anyone give him a present, you know. So then. You know, they go into a shop, they buy stuff, and, uh, you know, his money his money doesn't work or or something. I can't remember. The guy says, oh, your money's really cold. How is, why is that, you know? Uh, you know, they buy stuff, they buy food for the fox and everything like that. Uh, and then um, they enter this, it kind of ends with them entering a Halloween competition. And, you know, the dead artist wins, you know, because he looks so scary. He wins the prize, but he doesn't know what a prize is. He's no concept. So the fox takes all the money, you know. And then I just kind of stopped drawing it. And, and at the same time, began drawing this fox who was, like, on all fours. He was wearing clothes. 
and that was about four years ago now, or five years ago. And I stopped drawing skeletons because I was on the metro uh, drawing skeletons, and now we'd had the attack, uh, the terrorist attacks in Paris of Charlie Hebdo, which is where they walked into the the newspaper and they shot the guys. It's like you know, it's like shooting the people who do the onion. Right. Or shooting the people who It was a who political mad, cartoonist, you know? right? Yeah, political cartoonist, yeah. what I mean, you know. Yeah. They are cartoonists basically, you know what I mean? Like yeah. political, you know you know, it's it's like going into it's like going into I don't know, the New York New Yorker and shooting just the cartoonist. Okay? That's that's basically what it'd be like. It's like, you know, a very, you know, or, or shooting just the sports reporters, I don't know, because they said, you know, he needs to eat more ham or something like that, you know what I mean? So, you know, it was, it was okay, this, this, you know, it's, Charlie Hebdo is, is um, it's a bit of a, bit of a debate, but basically Charlie Hebdo is a, is a tradition that they have in France of satire, but I mean, they were pretty much you know, taking the piss out of every major religion, you know, and so you know, it, they were they were there were there were policemen there, you know, because they'd already gotten threats, you know, and so they knew that they were in danger. But I, I don't think anybody really expected gunmen to walk in and shoot everybody up, which is what happened. So you know, everyone was reading, and I'd be sitting on the metro. I used to do all these drawings in the metro on the way to my job, you know in La Défense, which is the business sector, which is, you know, basically gave me a lot of inspiration for the kind of jobs that the skeletons had. You know, I was in those offices. I went into those insurance offices. I met those people. I taught them. I gave them lessons. You know, not all of them were like that, but, but a lot of people are in bullshit jobs. You know, a lot of people are in these jobs where they're dying. You know what I mean? And it's just, ah, it's horrible when you think of it, you know. Yeah. Anyway, um, we all have to do that sometimes, you know. So, sure. so I'm sitting on the metro, drawing these skeletons, and you know, I, 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 I've always drawn a lot on the metro. I've always notebook with me to draw people on the metro. You know, when they be a, I drew a lot of people like that. Uh, just you know, look phone or you know how what people do to pass time in the metro. And um, <clears throat> I just didn't feel comfortable drawing skeletons. I could just feel the vibes off people when I'd be sitting in the metro in the morning drawing dead people. Sometimes people get up and move away. They're very discreet in France. They won't say things to you. Like I came to New York. I was drawn in New York in the subway. And like on the second day or the first day, even a guy said, hey, show me that dude. Wow, cool. That's amazing. Yeah, great. You know? And the only time anybody ever spoke to me in Paris, like when I'd been drawing for ages, was like this woman who was a bit crazy and said, what are you drawing? And I said, uh, I'm drawing you. She said, you, you stop that drawing straight away. You're taking my, you're taking my soul. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, which she may or may not be right, you know what I mean? But, she may or may not. You know, yes. So, you know, sometimes I draw people that were interesting to me. You know, or I draw people that were just not moving very much. You know, 
I just draw anything. I draw their hands or I draw or draw their body. You know, sometimes I think people liked that I was drawing them, and then other people would be watching me drawing the people, but nobody ever spoke to me. It was strange. But as I began to draw skeletons, I was like, okay, I don't think, I don't know, I just, just didn't feel right, you know what I mean? I just felt like bad vibes. So that was a real motivator to draw um, the fox, you know. I have no problem drawing from people, but, you know, there's some things that you can sense people get a bit upset, you know, or, or whatever. The latest drawing into one of the recent drawings I did there of the fox beside the fire, uh, I drew that on the train on the way up from Paris, and there was a woman sitting beside me, and, you know, as soon as she could, she kind of moved away. I don't know, something, I think people, some people like it and engage with you and then speak with you. Like, it's a bit too intense, or... I don't want to be beside this weirdness, which I understand as well. You know what I mean? Like, you just want to have an ordinary day and, you know, maybe you've had a, a bad day and you're like, oh, fuck. And I draw dead people or fox, you know, fox men beside me, you know, what the fuck? I don't want, you know, I'm not in the mood for this, you know. Anyway, so I start drawing these foxes and the idea behind the fox is that um, he began as like a 40-year-old kind of father of uh, three married living in a city uh, and just trying to get through life basically just you know and basically it's an idea of a human being very civilized and at the same time being an animal and obviously partly biographical and then i just like filter things through my during the day or something someone might say to me and then i would like Imagine, well, what would I'm going to say? What would the fox say? Is that that song? Yeah. What would the yeah, What would the fox do here? You know, and 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 then just it's become kind of like a signature. And I, I was I was in Ireland recently, um, you know, uh, for work, and uh, I was walking down the street to my friend's house. It was my last evening in Ireland. He said, "I come over for a drink," you know, and I said, "Okay." beginning summer evening in Ireland where they have this beautiful long stretch um, and I'm just walking in the street and I go oh, I have to stop at the fox like you know it's, 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 I've, I've done it to fucking death you know I mean I've drawn I'm doing this I've drawn I'm doing that the fox started out like really dressed like wearing clothes with his family with his kids with his wife and now the fox is like pretty much naked all the time, uh, very rarely with his kids, very rarely with his wife. He's on his own little trip, you know, which is, you know, partly, I suppose, yeah. It's taken on its own life. What? It's, it's taken it's on what? a life of its own. Yeah, there's that. It's taken its own life. And <laughs> the fox is the trickster, and the trickster is an energy that I suppose you, you bring it into your life. And one of the things with the trickster is that the trickster can trick you, you know, that you then, you think that you're controlling exactly the fox. The fox is controlling you. And me, you know, I'm not the fox, but, you know, at the same time, 
<laughs> you are the person. Anyway, I'm walking down the street. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure anymore. I'm walking down the street and I, I'm going like, fuck this fucking fox. I've had enough of this fox. I'm, I'm going to do something else and start throwing a duck or something like that. Or what the fuck? Or, you know, I'll, I'll do some other animal, you know, and, or I'll just do something else and just start throwing flares or, you know, cups or shit like that, you know. And I just look, sorry, I shouldn't use all this bad language. Is, that, is, it, is it a problem? Speak freely. Okay, so, because <laughs> Irish people swear it was And I look up, and literally, I literally fucking look up, and I literally act, like, just, I'm thinking these thoughts, kind of going, fuck this shit, having a bad hair day, and just like, oh no, my fucking, because uh. the fox is also about, you know, I mean, why do we make art? Like, you know, we make art because we, either we hate the world that we're in, or else we want to make the world a better place, or sometimes it's a bit of both, you know? I mean, I personally, I'm trying to, make the world a better place is, is more feeling, you know, and, and and showing that there's possibilities and dreams and that, you know, that, you know, there's always possibilities. You can always move, you can always do things, you know. Something I'd say to anybody who's feeling, you know, stuck or 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 blocked, you know, that, that there's always help there. You can always reach out and get help, you know. And I look up and just in front of me on the footpath is this fucking fox <laughs> walking away from me. I'm like, I don't fucking believe it. <laughs> and I hadn't seen any foxes. Because you see a lot of foxes in Dublin, right? But I hadn't seen any fox. And I've been there in the country. I hadn't seen any foxes. You know, other times I've been in Dublin and a fox, I was in front of my house one day and a fox in the evening. And I'm standing in the shadows and this fox came in the road and he didn't see me. And he just got up to me, and he, and he saw me, and we both stood there for three or four, looking at each other, looking into each other's eyes, like you know, you know. And and foxes in in Dublin are very you, ne- you never see foxes in Paris, but foxes in Dublin are very much integrated. You know, they're they're not like they're wild animals, but they're there, and they're kind of not really hassled by people. And I was like, I don't fucking believe it. I saw this fox. And like, he was a very mangy looking fox. You know what I mean? He was, a, he didn't look like in, in, I've seen better looking fox, but he was there. So I walked down behind him, you know, and he slips in this building and I just managed to film him, you know, um, cause I, I stuck him onto Instagram cause I was going, oh God, at last, you know, it's like, it's like filming a fucking UFO. I'm not <laughs> on Instagram. So, you know, it's, that's another one of my problems. The fact did not help me. But basically, I filmed the thing and I just put him onto Instagram, like almost as if to say, look, it's a fucking fox. I saw this fucking fox, you know what I mean? And, and, and he doesn't really look like a fox. He looks like a dog, but, um, on the, on, cause my, the focus wasn't working or whatever when I took it. But it was, it was a fox, you know, and you could see by the size of him and the way he was walking and everything. It was, it was crazy. So, uh, I'm not finished with the fox yet. And my name, Makdara, means son of the oak. And um, it's in Irish. And it's a name that comes from Connemara. And it was a, a priest who lived down there in the Middle Ages who arrived down there. And uh, where he worked, there's an island out there called Makdara Island. And actually on the 16th of June, I think, or July, I'm not sure. There's a there's a time when they all go out to the island and they have mass there and all the fishermen go out. I've never been, I have to go some year. Anyway, 
this this priest who was down there in Connemara in the west of Ireland, and basically, um, if uh, fishermen were going uh, to fish, if they saw a fox, it was considered really bad luck, a bad omen, and they just turn on their heels and go home, and they wouldn't go fishing for the day. And it turns out that Makdara's original name was Sinach, which is Irish for fox. And he changed his name to Makdara because it's tradition. So, and I discovered this on Wikipedia, you know, after Drum the Foxes for about two or three years. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, I don't <laughs> believe it. So that's kind of like, but I love it at the same time, you know. But that's kind of like a lot of things that happen in my life are like that. There's this kind of, um, uh, like I said, the performance of do something and then discover afterwards this, this thing, you know. But it's not always comfortable. Like sometimes you, you're doing things and it's a bit like walking into the dark with the. Uh, I was going to say with the flashlight in front of you, but it's not really like that. It's more like it's more like walking into the dark. You go out into the garden with the kitchen light on, and your shadow is in front of you, and you're walking into that shadow. Do you know what I mean? And then like, you can't actually see where you're walking, right. really, because you're obscuring your own... You're blocking like, the light. Your own, yeah, you're blocking the light. Your own shadow is blocking light, so you're walking into your shadow. And because you're walking into your shadow, yeah, you can't see what's in the shadow. So I suppose, yeah, Fox is like that, and he, he's he gone through a lot of different different manifestations, and, you know, people are, well, people used to say to me, oh, yeah, you have to make a book, and sometimes people say to me, oh, you, you, you should do children's illustrations, and that was before Fox had his whole oral sex phase, and, <laughs> and, uh, and his whole, yeah, because it was some, like, really erotic drawings, Fox, but it's 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 kind of um it's just i just kind of do it on a day day by day thing it's it's a reflection of what i'm going through and sometimes exaggerated so sometimes sublimated and sometimes not and there was a period when i was kind of drawing not doing too well and i was drawing like fox as well and I kind of made this conscious decision, okay, no, I have to make him like going towards what he wants to be in or what I want to be in, I suppose. You know, I have to draw what I'd like to happen rather than draw what is happening. And so there's a whole period where a fox um, dug down under the earth And got lost in the dark and stuff like that. And then, you know, I thought he got out of that. But now I'm not so sure. Maybe he's still digging around in the, in the dark, you know. And just thinks, you know, it's a bit like it was all a dream, but maybe it wasn't. You know, maybe he's still dreaming. Like that film, what's that film? Conception, you know, where it's like the layers of dreams. Like, you know. It's like this but, conversation um, right now. It's like Maybe this it's conversation. A dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I haven't, a digression is an art, and I do it all the time, and 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 it's all like LinkedIn. And um, there's something else I was going to say. Then before that, there's the fox, and how he's LinkedIn. 
fuck. I have to rewind. What was I saying before that? He was... Just how he went underground? Was, into the dark? Yeah. Yeah. There was something else, though. There was a thing with the idea of a dream. You know that idea, am I, am I a man dreaming? I'm a fox or a fox dreaming I'm a man. I think that's Lao Tzu says that, but it's about a horse or a butterfly. I think the original quote is, am I a man dreaming of a butterfly or a butterfly dreaming I'm a man? But that's not what I wanted to say. Oh, yeah, the idea of predictive drawings. So I was speaking with a friend about this, uh, well, with these people in Cinemorph, and they said, oh, you know, we have this space if you'd like to organize an exhibition. And this is last November. And I said, yeah, I'd love to do it. And I set up this exhibition. And basically, I just got like people, a couple of people I knew, artists I knew, but also artists I knew only from Instagram, people who I was following from Instagram. And I just invited all these people to take part in this exhibition. And there were seven of us or eight of us. And um, I got this friend who who's like a curator, kind of art critic, uh, specialist of an artist called Louis Souter. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He's not very well known, but uh, he's he's a very interesting artist. If you ever get a chance to check him out, he's he's considered art brut, you know, but he's not really art brut. He's uh, so kind of different fish altogether. Anyway, um, and I asked her, would you write like a catalogue about about all these artists working together, and and the the idea of the exhibition is called Le Dessin which is like, it's a word discovered in French, which is like drawing, but it's not spelled the same way. It's more like destiny. And it was with this idea of what I feel in my drawings, where there's this kind of thing of predictive drawings, or sometimes what I hope for, depending on what the fox is doing, and that, you know, this thing could happen, you know. It's funny, I was, I was just... I was walking back home from the studio today and I was just thinking, you know, I, I like drawing, I'm good at drawing, I love drawing. But, you know, I've always seen it as a thing I do, you know, or even playing music, it's a thing I do. And it's just, I'm just realising now, at this stage in my life, <laughs> that it doesn't matter what you do, like, technically or artistically or whatever in any in any walk of life if there's no love there it's you know kind of pointless do you know what I mean it's kind of making shapes you know or, or making sounds with with music you know but if there's no love in the centre of your life it's it's worthless you know uh, anyway, I'm digressing so this, I don't know, you guys have all fallen asleep, but if this, um, are you still there? Yeah, yeah, yeah we're still here, we're, we're just listening. Here. Okay, all right, sorry. Okay, if, if, so anyway, this, 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 um, uh, this exhibition was uh, called Le Dessin, so it's D-E-S-S-E-I-N, which is like a mixture between drawing and destiny. It's, it's a kind of a word in French that people don't use very much. But it'd be a bit like your destiny, and it's also like drawing. It's a mixture of both, like perhaps like drafting up a plan for the future, you know, with the idea of draftsmanship and that kind of idea. 
And so she began, she was, my friend was looking at these kind of ragtag bag of artists that had assembled, you know, all people who are working, you know, doing other things who, you know, who, who are just trying to do, make it as artists, you know, and just, but essentially, I would say, trying to make it as human beings. In fact, you know, uh, it's not easy always, you know, being alive and going through life, you know. And she was saying at first, like, oh, I don't see any connection between these people. I don't really understand, like, how are you going to organize this exhibition? And then she started, like, interviewing them all and speaking to them. And she just said, oh, my God, there's so many things in common, like and loads of, like, weird synchronicities, you know, that even I couldn't have picked up on, you know, um, that I didn't know about, like, I, I didn't know consciously about, but I kind of must have picked up on, on some vibrational level. And um, it was a really, really cool experience, you know, but um, that's about it, I suppose. That's, that's all I can think to say to you. But it was just to perhaps finish with this idea of, you know, um, just believe in, in your dreams and you know, everything begins in your heart, I suppose. And, and that, you know, you've got to believe in your, in your dreams and your heart because otherwise, you know, why do you do anything at all? And, and it's not, sometimes you dream really big and you, it can make your heart very bitter. Like there's a lot of bitter artists or, or bitter, almost creative people or, or things like that. And, and, it's not easy sometimes. I, I don't even want to say being creative because I think it's just being alive. It's not easy, you know, because I think being alive is just creativity at play. And that's what happens. And, and at the same time, you have, to, you have to keep dreaming. You have to keep on somehow uh, falling in love. Right, right, right. <laughs> how how long have you been Keeps in it. France? Mm. You, do you live there? And are, are you yeah, are you here, between yeah. Ireland and France a lot, or is France? No, no, I, I, no. I go, France is where I live. Yeah, yeah. I I came to France when I was seventeen years old. Well, so you've been there a little while. Yeah, I'm forty six now, so I'm not good at maths. Um, forty six. No, I'm 45. Jesus Christ, what am I saying? I'm 46. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be 46. I'm 45 now. Uh, seven from 15. Just over 20 years. Eight. 28 years. 28 years. I've been here 28 years. years. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, almost 30. More than half my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I came over from my wife, but she wasn't my wife then. She was just a, a girlfriend. I came over. Well, you know, I, I think I came over for her, but I also think I was also. Uh, uh, running away from Ireland, you know. I have three children now, three boys, with my wife, and my eldest is twelve. And I look at him and I go, Christ! In like in five years, I left Ireland. You know, he could leave, and he probably will. He wants to go back to Ireland. He loves Ireland, you know. Um, you know, it's just weird. You think you're so grown up at any stage of your life. You think you know what you're doing. Right, right. You've probably you felt so yeah. old at that point when you look at your son. Yeah, it's crazy. I was my, I, I, I really knew, I knew what I was doing, and I didn't have a fucking clue. <laughs> I'm just a kid. You know? That's okay. And now, like, and now I think I should be old enough to know, and I don't have a fucking clue either. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> mm. You are a crazy conduit of energies. I, 
I, I don't even know what to say. I could listen to you Do talk you know, forever. Yeah, well, that's not good. Do you not have any other questions? No, you know what? I think that uh, this was this was really great, and I know okay, it's really thanks. late where you are. What is it? What is it? One thirty. Oh, it's on the look at the time. A.M. It's uh, it's one thirty-four. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I have a question. Uh, I have a question. Sure. Will you come back and do this again? Come back where? To this? To open lines? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Or if yeah, you even yeah. just want to do your own show, you could just stream your consciousness and cuz it, cuz it's <laughs> you're you're a trippy person. You're a trippy dude. Thank you so much for sharing your creative process. But thank you. Thank you. There's no dude. process. There's, there's no process at all. I'll come back and do one about my process. That could be good. Yeah, that would oh, be the awesome. Music has come that back would be on. awesome. Yeah. The music. the music is gone. <laughs> it comes on and it went. Okay, I sent you guys. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, thank you. And, and for asking me. I really appreciate it. And um, let me know when you put stuff up and I'll, and I'll share it at GoGo and stuff like that off my website and, and to off Instagram and wherever. I don't know where, where, what guys. You're on Instagram, I know, but I have to. Are you on Facebook as well? We're not on Facebook. We're pretty much everywhere else, though, um, and we do have okay. a, a main website. And then just uh, for the listeners, how can we find you and your art on multiple platforms? Okay, so I've got a website. It's mcdarasmith.com. So that's M-A-C-D-A-R-A-S-M-I-T-H.com. Uh, i got an Instagram, mcdarasmith. i got Facebook, mcdarasmith. That's about it. Oh, there's a Tumblr as well, but I don't really. I'm not active, and I have a Twitter account, but I don't go there really anymore. So that's pretty much where you can find me. And I have sort of a YouTube, I think, as well. But I just, I just put up like, I, I was doing a thing a couple of months back where I was learning a poem a week, and uh, <laughs> learning it by heart, and then I kind of gave up. But you can see them on the YouTube. You find all that stuff on my website. So the best place to go. One stop shop is uh, mcdarasmith.com. Wonderful. You guys heard it here. Go follow this artist and support his art. Or don't. Or don't. <laughs> or don't. It's, 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 yeah, it's a, it's a totally free world. You know I mean, I mean yeah, if you're into mayonnaise in, in his underpants and <laughs> yeah. some skeletons you talking, get, yeah, yeah. it's that you're yeah, kind of yeah. weird, he's here for you. The Instagram is like some some friend said to me, oh my god, I love like the fox drawings are like a cup of coffee every day. It's like he has a cup of coffee and looks at the fox drawings. So <laughs> generally speaking, there is a new one every day. But you know, at the moment, I'm, I'm being a bit lax. I don't know. Well, you've got other things going on. A few, a few yeah. other things yeah, going yeah, on. Yeah. Jeez, could you have Bits maybe saved some yeah. talent for the rest of dull humanity, or did you just have to have it yeah, all? Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's also I play music as well, but I mean you can you can I'll I'll send you that email with the I don't know I tried to send it, I don't know if you've got it yet with them the track and I play with the group called Zarbot and you can go there and check them out. It's Zarbot Z A R B O T H dot com. You can check them out. Okay. Cool. I don't see it, so send it again, would you? Yeah, yeah, will you? Okay. Um um Thanks so much. Like, what, what, 
Do you do this all the time? Like, do you just like ring people up and just ask them to talk shit like for yeah, that, an hour or something like that's that? That's pretty much the idea all the time. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> And okay. you can listen to that on okay. www.openlinesradio.com. There you go. Okay, great. Okay. All right, we'll, Thanks, let, we'll let you drip back off to sleep. And uh, thank you so I'm much. Well, uh, and we'll, uh, we will talk soon. Now, so. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really great what you guys are doing. Thanks a million for having me. Okay. Thanks so thank much. You. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Take, okay, take care of yourselves. Bye. Bye now. Bye. Bye. So uh, there's that. I don't really know what else to say after after that i told you that was that was good stuff it was great stuff super great huh yes what do you got you got something looks like you got something what do i got i'm i'm deep in thought i don't know i'm, I'm getting all kinds of downloads and well you know the stuff that always happens after open lines crazy synchronicities and bells going off in my head and whatnot Bells going off and whatnot's always good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, yeah, let's uh, wrap it.